0: Welcome to AV+. I'm Adam Forziotti, the web editor here at Commercial Integrator. So, the year is 2008, and video walls? They're pretty specific amenity in even more specific venues, right? Only certain types of people are buying them then. But flash forward over ten years, and video walls? They're changing in terms of where they're wanted and who wants them. So we wanted to get some more opinions on this from a professional who knows a thing or two about customer needs in that space. What we did not expect was to talk to a PhD in Cognitive Development Psychology. So this week on AV Plus, we'll have predictions for the Video Walls Market from Stephanie Stilson at Sensory Technologies. But first, a little housekeeping. You can learn more about AV Plus online at commercialintegrator.com podcast. And on Twitter by searching the hashtag AVPlusPod. That's AVPLUSPod pod on Twitter. We'd also appreciate it if you could take a moment to hit subscribe and to rate us on iTunes. It does help us reach more AV pros trying to find quality podcasts. Also, do you have a story of an embarrassing, awkward, or otherwise surprising time on a job? We do want to hear from you. Email me at adam.forziotti at emeraldexpo.com. That's a-D-A-M dot F-O-R-Z-I-A-T-I at emeraldexpo.com. Okay, back to the show. So, like we said, video walls are now in more and more places that you wouldn't have expected them to be 10 years ago. But more importantly, they're being used differently. That's what Stephanie Stilson thinks, anyway. She's an embraced strategist for the integration firm Sensory Technologies.
1: And it's the use of video walls in maybe a lobby where traditionally you might have found artwork and, and now you see these dynamic displays that, that are there for a purpose though. They're, they're there to attract your attention, to bring people in, maybe to um, enhance occupancy rates. Um, so we've seen more use uh, along those lines. Um, learning environments for sure. You know, moving a little bit away from perhaps the whiteboards to something that can be digitally interacted with. We had a client recently that put up a big video wall um, for two purposes the two I just mentioned really. One, to have that wow factor um, as students are on their admission tour, but when students weren't um, touring through their campus, it can be easily converted into a learning tool.
0: So, as an embrace strategist, Stephanie tries to represent customers, researching you know, what they're actually trying to achieve with video walls, and you know, help the sensory tech team to consider the most important factors. Her background as a cognitive development psychologist helps her with that.
1: Mostly I'm passionate about how technology empowers people. We do spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the business objective is for the new technology. So if someone comes and says, hey, we want a video wall, you know, our first question is going to be, why? Convince me you need it. And, and we try to drive down to the point of asking, okay, today you're here. Here's your status quo. There's obviously a future state for your organization or for the people in your organization that you have in your head. And you must think a video wall is going to help you get there. Great. Let's talk about that. What is it about the video wall that really matters? And, and that's why um, when we talk about what types of customers want to use video walls, That's one way of asking the question. But I think the other way of asking the question could be, what are people hoping to achieve through the use of that video wall? And typically, a video wall is used, in in my opinion, one of two ways. You're either trying to empower people that want to use the content on the video wall, or the video wall is intended to share messaging or content with people that are not necessarily inclined or intrinsically motivated to approach the wall, look at the wall, learn from the wall. It's one of those two bodies of individuals that you're trying to impact their behavior through the use of the video wall or through the exposure to the video wall. That's kind of how we approach our conversation. So in the first situation, you've got people that are that that want to maybe see a lot of content at the same time. And and the idea is that when they do that, they're gonna be able to see a story differently. They're going to be able to learn something uniquely like command and control comes to mind, right? A command and control center wants to be able to see a lot of stuff up there at the same time to make the critical decisions that they need to make. Those are people that are gonna approach a video wall intentionally. I wanna come up here, I wanna either look at it, maybe I even wanna to touch the video wall. Those are examples of, of when someone might intentionally look at a video wall.
0: But what about the cases where organizations need people to see things that they aren't otherwise seeing?
1: Um, internal communication, right? We need people to read those HR messages that they don't want to read. And yet we need for them to see them, right? There's, there's communication that needs to happen with individuals that aren't necessarily receiving the communication. So that's that other pool of people that I think benefit from large video displays or video walls. And we see more and more use of that internally. Here we can kind of push information to them, hopefully find a way to capture their attention so they will look at it and then sneak in some messaging that
0: they may not be inclined to go pull on their own. We talk a lot about content and how savvy integrators should consider providing an actual end-to-end solution. So we wanted to ask Stephanie what she thought of integrators getting into the content game.
1: It boils down to whether or not um, you want to meet the need of a of a client. Clients will tell you what do I put on this video wall now that I have it. I have digital signage, but who's going to put that content up there? So there have to be conversations around that. You know, I often say content is king, but the strategy is its kingdom. We have to talk about what's going to go on that display, what's going to go on that video wall really before you sell it. Um, otherwise you're you're not going to have success. Um So there would be questions to consider for sure. You know, is the AV integrator willing to provide those resources um, around strategy and discovery so they can find out what the business objective is? Um, and then guide the client similarly. You know, we used to talk about training being an AV integrator's job at the end, and at the end of it, AV, um, at, at the end of the integration, you need to provide training on how to use stuff. You know, we're kind of seeing that it's almost more important to help expose the novel ways to inject these types of technologies, video conferencing, digital signage, into workflows and habits that can make people more effective and more efficient. We're finding we need those conversations um, upfront. It, it isn't just about learning how to push the button and make the system come on. It's, it's how you take these visual products, these, these new technologies, and embed them into workflows in ways that you know make people more prosperous, happier, less stressed, mostly successful. So, yes, yeah, definitely. I think there's an obligation for AV integrators to offer the content or offer strategy to achieve the content. It doesn't mean you need a wealth of imagery that you sell them on a, you know, on a disc or something. It, it means you talk about the ways they're going to acquire it. We we have a conversation we use um, to, with our clients and we say, you know, you don't have to create new content all the time for your video walls and digital signage. Often what you have to do is curate it. There's a lot of information uh, available in organizations. Some of it lives on a website, some of it lives in an internet, some of it lives in the bulletin board, in the break room. What you just need to do is have a strategy to incorporate how messaging is distributed through the organization. And one of those ways is on a video wall. So let's talk about what the other ways are and how you can curate existing content and make it work.
0: And before we let her go, we also wanted to ask Stephanie if there's anything she recommends integrators consider if they're in the video walls market this year?
1: Well, I do think creating a more robust solution around the video wall would be helpful. So that means you would wanna nurture some kind of video content production capability because we know video on a video wall is the most impactful. I think you would want to hire um, some type of communication strategy expertise, have someone that can talk a little bit about the broader scope of communication that the video wall will fit into. What else is happening within the organization? How else are they communicating? How does the video wall fit well within that scheme? Providing some kind of managed service or cloud infrastructure that allows people to scale their use, uh, digital messaging. Um, we have a lot of success with our adopt program. This is where we place on-site support personnel with our client. Our, our adopt technicians learn the company culture. They understand what matters to leadership and then they can help place important content where it needs to be on that video wall. So developing some kind of on-site support personnel might be something to consider. We also offer a 24 hour client solution center so we can monitor the digital signage or the video wall. We usually know when it goes down before our client does you know and once you put such a visible communication vehicle as a video wall into an organization, you really want your uptime consistent because it's very noticeable when that thing goes dark.